All right, everyone, welcome back. This is Ryan Selkis, and you're listening to Masari's Unqualified Opinions, where each week I interview crypto's top builders, investors, and personalities to discuss the key trends in the industry. You can discover more about Masari at masari.io. But for now, let's get right into the episode. It's going to be a good one. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Voyager. Trading cryptocurrency can be tough. I'm not just talking about making smart crypto investments. I'm talking about simply finding the right places to trade. Whether it's a lack of liquidity on key trading pairs, the risk of having your account shut down or coins compromised, or just feeling like a second-class citizen versus the exchange's accredited clients, the deck can feel stacked against you and other retail investors. That's why I'm excited to tell you about a brand new trading platform that just launched called Voyager. Voyager is a fast, 100% commission-free trading app, no bullshit, that helps you trade over 20 cryptos. Best part, Voyager is a licensed crypto broker, so you don't have to worry about your account getting terminated or losing access to coins you want to trade. Their new iOS app is crazy fast and routes your trades to a network of exchanges so you can get unmatched access to the crypto market and a better price on your trades without having to create multiple exchange accounts and take on that burden yourself. So check it out today. Sign up at investvoyager.com slash Masari to earn $25 worth of free Bitcoin when you download the Voyager iOS app and register. This podcast is presented by BlockWorks Group, one of the top blockchain events and media production companies I've worked with. For exclusive content and events that could help you with insight into the crypto and blockchain space, check them out at blockworksgroup.io and you will not be disappointed. Welcome to uh, Masari's uh, Unqualified Opinion. Uh, I'm your host, uh, Chiao, and uh, I'm uh, head of product, I'm sorry. Uh, today we have uh, Mo from Seller. Um, Seller is a, I guess, a layer two um, scaling uh, project. Yeah, um, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, um, I mean, we're going to talk about Seller, of course, and we're going to talk about uh, the recent news uh, from, from China, mm -hmm. uh, which is uh, very interesting. There's a lot of uh, misinformation in the West, especially on crypto Twitter. Uh, so we're going to clarify all that. Uh, and probably we're going to talk about DeFi a little bit as well. Uh, I know Mo has uh, some very interesting, uh, very interesting takes on, on DeFi. So uh, let's start with uh, perhaps a quick introduction of yourself and, and Seller. Uh, hey, everyone. Uh, this is Mo from Seller. Uh, I'm co-founder of Seller, and uh, I've been working there for uh, more than a year. And Seller is a layer two scaling platform that focuses on building on existing blockchain uh, layer ones and uh, provide layer two scalability uh, especially using state channel technologies and uh, row upside chains uh, as we recently expanded and uh, uh, you know our mission is really to bring mass adoption to every blockchain by enabling really interactive extremely low cost transaction feelings and the user experiences on blockchain applications uh, and we have been having a very very big focus uh, on user adoption mm -hmm. and uh, with that, uh, we are the first and only generalized uh, state channel network launched on mainnet today. And uh, we very recently also launched on App Store with our first world first eSport gaming application built on blockchain where you can ring some real money. Nice. Um, uh, you mentioned a little, a few, a uh, couple of the technical terms, uh, which, uh, you know, including state channel and, and uh, roll up. Roll up sidechains, yeah. Roll yeah. up sidechains. Mm -hmm. uh, can you just briefly 
talk about what these are in, in layman's terms. I guess it may not be possible to talk about it in layman's terms. Yeah, I mean, like I, I can know. talk about lay, uh, layer two scaling in general. I think yeah. like uh, layer two scaling is this uh, paradigm where uh, you have uh, a way to treat the blockchain not as a central processing layer and put literally every computer and storage on blockchain, mm -hmm. but you, you add a layer of indirection on top of a blockchain where uh, you know you process the transaction there but at the same time still retain the trust right so you don't actually trigger the entire consensus engine underlying the blockchain but just like do communication between involved parties and that way the transaction becomes extremely interactive in real time but at the same time the security is not lost because in the process of doing transaction um, you retain all the evidence needed even if there is any kind of a malicious party involved in this process you can go back to the blockchain and dispute and do the adjudication for the blockchain so it is a kind of a philosophically treating the blockchain as a adjudication layer mm -hmm. instead of a processing layer right so that's kind of like a layer two uh, in general yep. and for state channel uh, without going into too much uh, technical details it is really good for interactive applications with defined parties and uh, for roll-up chains it's really good for a more general purpose but uh, you know with uh, more focus on source pool instead of latency and we believe that both of these technologies are needed for layer 2 platform to work and uh, you know we are trying to combine them into a coherent, coherent architecture uh, by combining multiple different technologies together Cool. Awesome. Uh, I'm sure we will get we'll get some chance to dive into the technical details. But uh, first, first thing first, uh, I think in, in this year two things uh, happened. Uh, the, the two most important events. Uh, the first one was Libra, um, and the second one was um, the news from uh, from China. Oh yeah. Earlier this week. And the reason why I said these two things are the most important events was because. Um, uh, to me, the biggest challenge right now in, in, in blockchain crypto is um, when it comes to adoption is distribution is not really the tech itself. Like, obviously, tech is not easy, but um, I think tech, the, the, all the tech problems will hopefully to, uh, you know, solve themselves in, in, in the next couple of uh, couple of years. But distribution is um, like it's something that doesn't happen necessarily organically. You need someone to will those things into reality. And the first person who uh, tried to will that in, uh, into reality is is, uh, is Zuckerberg and, and, and Facebook. And the second one is China. So my understanding of what happened, uh, I guess maybe Mo, you, sh you should talk about um, you know what what happened in, in, in China. What, what was the announcement exactly? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, people have been trying to do the distribution part, like, uh, uh, you know, in various ways, including ETF, various ETF applications, uh, uh, you know, uh, CME listings and all that stuff. But I think for Libra and uh, also what's happening in China, which is, uh, uh, you know, uh, turning into a kind of a, a, a nationwide strategic yeah. change uh, there is that it involves a state and nation. States, na states and nation are finally kind of paying attention to the blockchain technology evolution and yep. pay the, pay, paying attention to the community, which started as a very small community uh, yep. we're from, uh, we're from. Like, uh, uh, well, I guess like my, I'll, I'll tell you my first uh, like personal impression uh, in, yeah, sure. in China situation first. Yes. So, uh, by the way, uh, seller, like seller has 
maybe like almost half of the team is in China, right? Yeah, like we have, have uh, we have 15 people uh, in China, uh, yeah. in Shanghai uh, right now. So you guys probably have a, a very interesting insights into what's happening right now. Well, I wouldn't say like anyone has any insights right now. And yeah. it's just like all have interpretations of uh, exactly what's going on and predictions and probably. And, uh, you know, predictions are fun to talk about, basically. Yeah. So what, uh, what is your interpretation and prediction? You know, first of all, like my personal experience of this is uh, um, someone I haven't talked to like for a couple of years, um, you know, uh, phoned me directly asking me, okay, what's this uh, blockchain thing <laughs> is about? Like, what yeah. is that? What is this Bitcoin? Yeah. And uh, my, my, my high school teacher actually uh, reached out to me and said, oh, you know, I heard you do uh, Bitcoin stuff. Like, yeah. Uh, and he, yeah, I heard you do uh, blockchain stuff. Like, what, what are you doing? Uh, should I buy Bitcoin? Yeah. So, like, this is literally the question he, she yeah. asked me. Um, and, uh, you know, my mom, uh, you know, uh, who doesn't know anything like about what exactly I was doing, uh, now started paying attention and say like, oh, you know, you're actually part of the state's nation's uh, strategic move. Yep. So uh, these things are, uh, you know, uh, in, I have a kind of a mixed feeling of, of this kind of reactions. That uh -huh. is uh, uh, the first uh, the good thing is that it, it, it's kind of a free marketing for uh, the entire community yes. uh, that everyone knows about blockchain. But then, you know, at the same time, I'm seeing all my WeChat, like, uh, you know, friend circle populating with all these uh, articles uh, with different interpretation of blockchain. Sure. And the narrative just becoming extremely chaotic. Yep. Right. So uh, this is a, a very interesting time. And now, uh, you know, uh, the nation states uh, in, in, in China is trying to educate people and trying to define what is uh, uh, the concept of a blockchain in general. Uh -huh. And... Uh, uh, you know, I think that's that's a very interesting move. Now, in terms of the reality, in terms of like how this affect us, how this affect the, uh, you know, uh, project in China is that um, I would think I would predict uh, the regulatory environment is going to be definitely um, uh, more relaxed right now. And uh, uh, by more relaxed, what I mean is not like uh, you know, um, yeah. Uh, y y y there, there are of course going to be more scam projects, but I, sure. I think people are still very, very strict, stringent in terms of uh, uh, pulling out scams by kind of regulatory compliance. I mean, uh, there are uh, people from the uh, you know university, for example, more willing to take on uh, blockchain-related researches and more willing to take on blockchain-related research grant. Yes, and uh, uh, enterprises are more willing to. Uh, approach and uh, you know kind of uh, uh, try to think about how blockchain can solve their problem right mm -hmm. so a uh, funny picture I saw is that uh, you know last year uh, if you're a public company in China and someone says you have some relationship with blockchain um, you know you will issue a PR statement saying that uh, this is definitely a rumor we have absolutely zero thing to do with blockchain <laughs> but this year after this happened um, you know uh, if someone says you do not have any relationship with blockchain mm -hmm. um, you know uh, you instead like the, the the public company will issue a PR saying this is a rumor uh, and we definitely have something to do with blockchain, right? So, uh, <laughs> and a lot of use cases, good or bad, uh, supply chains, uh, you know, copyright, uh, uh, you know, verification, mm -hmm. uh, and even like pledge your uh, loyalty to the to the party yeah. are all coming out in China. There are actually a application D app uh, that is uh, kind of a writing, uh, you know, engrave your uh, uh, you know, um, uh, loyalty to the party on blockchain directly. Is that developed by the party or is some random third party? Um, I, I saw that app, but I, yeah. I, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely used by the party. Okay. And, uh, you know, whether it's developed by the party, I don't know. Uh, okay. But, you know, um, overall, I think there are a lot of uh, things going on. But 
you know, to, to, to come back to reality, I think there are a lot of uh, uh, funding that is going to float in, uh, in, in, uh, in the China area for the blockchain project, yeah. uh, not only from uh, traditional VC PEs, but also uh, from public company who wants to try to quickly acquire um, small technology firms who does blockchain and also government and enter big enterprises to do sales and project on that. Mm -hmm. So uh, the environment is definitely going to change. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, but everyone still, I would say right now in a kind of a looking around the uh, face, uh, you know, uh, kind of looking at each other, saying that, OK, now we have this kind of, a uh, you know, uh, theme. Uh, how do we interpret this theme? Right. So yep. the theme is a very broad theme. Like how do we interpret it is always the uh, the tricky part. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, it's yet to be seen, basically. Yeah. OK. Um, so speaking of uh, regulation, uh, I felt like for a long time, uh, at least for the last couple of years, um, one thing that's common between the U.S. and China is uh, regulatory uncertainty. Reg right. There's so many regulatory gray areas that uh, cause entrepreneurs to, you know, um, you know, to move to um, a, a more regulatory friendly country or like Singapore or something like that. But um, it feels like after this announcement, uh, China will be more uh, uh, blockchain friendly on the regulatory side than, than the U.S. Um, but one thing I, I noticed from the announcement was uh, uh, like I saw like a five minute video mm -hmm. um, uh, by like from the state uh, um, state the news the, report yeah from, the news from the, report from the news yeah. report mm -hmm. um, there were many mentions of the word blockchain uh -huh. but there's zero mention of the word crypto yes so what what is your take on that yeah I I think I think you know on the regulatory sentiment part I'm not, I'm not as uh, confident as uh, uh, you would I would say like uh, you know I would say. Uh, for the project that has uh, crypto-based or having, let's say, public blockchain that issues token, um, I don't think there is a, a compliance or there is a kind of regulatory compliance uh, clarity there yet. Uh -huh. uh, and I think uh, uh, you know things gonna be a little bit vague uh, for for the future for both of the uh, U.S. and uh, you know China. And I think you know uh, for U.S. There are actually some uh, pretty pretty clear, uh, you know, regulatory compliance around that. Basically, uh, SEC has been talking about like uh, what is security, yep. what is example of security. So in that respect, I still think like US might be a little bit clear okay. on that. And um, but I don't know. Like I think uh, uh, you know, um, as as one of the uh, the the old leaders uh, from China said, like uh, you know, uh, we're just all kind of touching the stone and f feeling the stone and uh, crossing the river. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, I think this is going to be a first step. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, well, step by step, I don't know where this can go, uh, but we'll definitely keep a very close eye on this. Mm -hmm. yeah. How does um, how does this announcement um, relate to um, the rumor, I guess, that uh, China has been researching uh, you know, a state uh, issued cryptocurrency since you know, 2014? Like, are, do you think these two are are related at all? Do you yeah, think? Um, I, I don't. I don't think this is a rumor anymore. Like right. uh, they came yeah. out with the, the concept of DCEP, yep. and uh, the DCEP is uh, is uh, branded as the national uh, kind of cryptocurrency, or not national cryptocurrency, like national um, currency with blockchain nature. I but it's say. still a concept. It's not like um, <coughs> live or anything like that. Yeah, it's it's a concept. Yeah. Uh, it's it's right now a concept, but like um, you know, um, there are some early movements. For example. Um, uh, ICBC Bank, um, their uh, their kind of a, a user facing application uh, has recently, like the, for the for the curious eyes, 
uh, have have found out that, that in their term and services, they added uh, and modified the term and services uh, to include uh, that you know uh, user uh, will accept their crypto, uh, you know, not exactly cryptocurrency, but like blockchain based currency uh, services in their mobile wallet. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is something that is entirely new. And uh, you know, people have been like lo looking at this very closely and see what's the next step to go. And uh, yeah. a lot of the uh, local government are issuing government-sponsored fundings for uh, you know companies uh, for uh, and for like co-working spaces and stuff like that. Uh, Hangzhou has been pretty active in this, and Shenzhen has been quickly catching up, including Shanghai recently launched a bunch of like kind of a uh, you know promoting uh, factors around this. I think ma all major cities are. Um, are are trying their ways to kind of uh, see how far they can go uh, to promote this until uh, there is uh, some someone from the upper side says otherwise, basically. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess um, uh, ultimately my, my question is, um, uh, I I was under the impression that announcing this, uh, you know, making this blockchain thing a, a big a big deal in China is sort of paves the way mm -hmm. for uh, the state issued cryptocurrency. Yes, but it sounds like like based on our last ten minutes of conversation, it sounds like there's more to that. It's not just about uh, you know making the, the yuan uh, you know a, a global reserve currency. It, 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 there's more to that because obviously blockchain has potentially more use case than just um, than uh, um, currency, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so what, what, is your, what is your take there? Is it so in that five minutes like video uh, that we all saw, there, there are specific areas that we, uh, you know, mentioned uh, that, that mentioned that the blockchain can and should be applied, uh, yeah. applicable, uh, including like copyright, uh, including, uh, you know, healthcare data, yeah. uh, you know, data privacy, yeah. uh, including, you know, credit systems, um, uh, you know, in China yeah. and uh, stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, and including, uh, and importantly, including financing, including, you know, uh, uh, enterprise financing, enterprise debit issuing. Uh, these are very, very important tools to kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, improve the efficiency of uh, the economy uh, by allowing a more efficient, let's say, mar money market. Uh, and, um, that's definitely something that I think is also in the consideration, basically, for the uh, for the entire movement, basically. Got it. So, uh, so it sounds like you you do agree that this is a like a real thing. It's not just some you know, abstract uh, you know hype kind of thing. It's it's going to lead to um, um, a big wave of innovation uh, in the next couple of years. Um, you know, uh, I, I think I think right now at this point is a little bit early to tell mm -hmm. because everyone is handled with a huge hammer yeah. and uh, everyone now is trying to find what exactly is the nail. Yeah. Right. So like, uh, you know, if, if the nail makes sense, then yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I mean, at this point, if the hammer itself is big enough, anything can become a nail. Yeah. Uh, but like in long term, uh, you know, we, we need to find an actual nail that makes sense. Yeah. Right, so uh, I think the as a matter of uh, the, the 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 issue is like uh, what is that, mm -hmm. and everyone's kind of in the looking phase right now. But I I do think uh, overall, uh, instead of uh, like um, you know um, uh, uh, a lot of like the crypto Twitter, which is kind of a, a in fear of this movement, but like <laughs> I think this is actually going to be beneficial for the crypto community because in the end of the world, uh, or sorry, in the end of the day. Um, you know, uh, you need to connect with the, the rest of the decentralized finance world. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, there is definitely going to be a bridge on, on that. So, mm -hmm. yeah.
This episode is brought to you by our friends at Voyager. Trading cryptocurrency can be tough. I'm not just talking about making smart crypto investments. I'm talking about simply finding the right places to trade. Whether it's a lack of liquidity on key trading pairs, the risk of having your account shut down or coins compromised, or just feeling like a second-class citizen versus the exchange's accredited clients, the deck can feel stacked against you and other retail investors. That's why I'm excited to tell you about a brand new trading platform that just launched called Voyager. Voyager is a fast, 100% commission-free trading app, no bullshit, that helps you trade over 20 cryptos. The best part, Voyager is a licensed crypto broker, so you don't have to worry about your account getting terminated or losing access to coins you want to trade. Their new iOS app is crazy fast and routes your trades to a network of exchanges so you can get unmatched access to the crypto market and a better price on your trades without having to create multiple exchange accounts and take on that burden yourself. So check it out today. Sign up at investvoyager.com slash Masari to earn $25 worth of free Bitcoin when you download the Voyager iOS app and register. Um, I, I, I totally agree with that. And um I think, you know, I think this is a big deal because uh, China has a track record of, um, you know, really pushing for for new technology and get the entire country to uh, rally behind, um, yeah. you know, uh, new things, uh, new emerging technologies. And the last one, the last example was uh, basically artificial intelligence and deep learning. I think, uh, you know, the party basically started pushing for this thing maybe uh, four or five years ago around that area. And uh, it, it basically took China less than uh, three or four years to uh, basically surpass the U.S. in several areas in uh, artificial intelligence and, and deep learning. Um, so I think uh, if uh, history it repeats itself, then I think we might see something similar in the blockchain space. So uh, very interesting. Uh, you mentioned DeFi a couple of times, so let's talk about that. Um, oh, DeFi. What is, your, uh, what is your take on DeFi? I'm uh, I'm a little bit pessimistic on DeFi. Okay, just just a little bit, or, or uh, you know, uh, quite I would say. <laughs> okay. Like uh, you know, uh, I, I I see this. Uh, uh, you know, everyone is saying that. Okay, so here's the thing. Basically, uh, uh, I'm pessimistic relative to the hype that people are creating sure. around DeFi. Yep. Um, you know, everyone is saying that. Okay, DeFi is going to be the mass adoption application. DeFi is going to be uh, you know, uh, helping the unbank to uh, be banked and, uh, you know, helping the people to earn interest. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, I think many of those guys are not actually looking at uh, the current DeFi status of code, mm -hmm. right? So, if we, if we look at every DeFi protocols, MakerDAO, Compound, um, you know, DYDX included, uh, you know, at their core, what they're doing is really, really just over-collateralized over loan. Yep. And in another word, uh, you know, pawn shops, right? So uh, pawn shop has a very like long history. Pawn shop exists in, uh, you know, first record of pawn shop is about 3,000 uh, 3, years ago in China, mm -hmm. uh, in Dynasty Zhou. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, that was a very, very primitive way to let farmers uh, collateralize their tools to get seed for the next year, right? Okay. So basically, farmers will say that okay, if I if I don't don't give you back my crop, like you can get, take all my tools away. Okay, and that is a very very primitive. So they basically way. use the tools as collateral. Yeah, it's over collateralization. The, the, the loan is a seed. Okay, basically, and that is a, a very primitive way of doing financing. And mm -hmm. this, this is the first uh, you know type of uh, loan financing because like in uh, crypto world, 
the Asian China is also having uh, significant trust issues. Like, uh, you know, you need to have a trust-free loans, basically, yeah. right? So <clears throat> these are uh, the initials of uh, pawn shop. And then the modern banking and modern kind of credit-based loan lending or uh, bulk lending from the from bank uh, starts from, uh, you know, around like uh, 2000 years ago or like basically uh, 1,500 years to go, um, you know, to be more mature, mm -hmm. right? So from Greece, basically. Now, the th that that took like the human uh, history like uh, 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 1,500 years uh, to be to change from collateralizing and over collateralizing on some physical assets to uh, collateralizing on your future income. Like if it, if it is credit based loan, it's right. basically you're collateralizing so, so your your future income. You're collateralizing the uh, the after fact of uh, you breaking the loan, right? So like basically. Uh, you know, if you break loan, if you go bankrupt, like, uh, you know, no one's going to lend you yep. uh, further and you basically, you know, uh, get to the bottom of the society. And, and that's basically uncollateralized. Loan. It's because, uncollateralized. Because you're quote unquote collateralizing the, uh, your future income. So you're collateralizing your future income and you're collateralizing a way of your life in the future. Right? Yep. So kind of you're collateralizing on, on that. Yes. Um, and you can enforce that in the society uh, by laws, by kind of uh, other financial means. But, you know, uh, Right now in crypto, we are still in the stage of that 3,000 years ago. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, how fast we move towards the, the 1,500 years ago uh, is something that is a, uh, with a big question mark. Because if you want to um, be able to clarify your credit or clarify your uh, kind of, um, uh, you know, future income, uh, there's a way, there, there has to be a way to retaliate you if, you, uh, if, if one does not repay the loan. Right. right? So... Uh, the, re the retaliation need to be binded with a blockchain and uh, you know uh, but retaliation or like kind of a, a punishment uh, a potential punishment always comes with the state and nation boundaries right so basically you cannot say that okay i'm lending you something uh, you know in us to uh, let's say some other nation mm -hmm. um, and then you, you're not repaying me mm -hmm. and will will the authority of that that other nation actually honor this loan issued on blockchain to issue or to execute the retaliation or to execute the uh, this kind of a, a you know a, a default a punishment for me. Yep. Um, well, that is I think where things become extremely challenging because the whole premises of DeFi is that, okay, this is open finance. Everyone can just like open uh, in this and uh, yep. access this. Uh, but once credit is involved, this is extremely hard to do. So I, I agree with that. Uh, uh, so the retaliation is something that's might be very hard to implement mm -hmm. in, in blockchain. But uh, I had a slightly uh, different experience um, in terms of retaliation. Because I, so for instance, I, I, uh, I've invested in um, like on Lending Club uh, maybe three years ago. Uh, so basically, I, I lend um, uh, to you know, personal small lenders for like home or not, not home loans, but like, you know, school loans, uh, that type of stuff. But a lot of times they just fail to repay and there's no retaliation. Like they, I just lose money basically. And, and they fail to, to, re, uh, to repay me. And the only, I guess not it, quote unquote retaliation, but like sort of punishment mm -hmm. is uh, a lower credit score. For, yeah. for, for the for the borrower and that, mm -hmm. that's all they that's all they get in terms of punishment and I don't get anything back so I think this type of uh, punishment it feels like it's possible to implement in, in blockchain space uh, especially if we had a you know credit system mm -hmm. uh, obviously like right now I don't know if there are any like 
you know, big team working on on a credit system. But uh, it feels like it's it's possible to do that. What what is your what is your take? It is possible, but uh, as I mentioned, it does take time, right? So, for example, for the it's for a the big it's a big chicken egg problem, right? Yeah, yeah. Because to bootstrap a credit system, you need people to start lending to each other yeah. in an uncollateralized way, right? And in order to lend to each other in an uncollateralized way, you need a credit system. So it's a chicken egg problem. But so. What yeah, no, yeah. I, I think, you know, in the P2P, I, I think the, the, the precise reason you mentioned uh, in terms of the P2P lending, that is a part of the reason why U.S. P2P lending market is just like very small. Yeah. Uh, in China, the things are different. Yeah. Right. So like in China, uh, people also do P2P lending. Uh, people also run away. And in, in fact, the runaway rate is like even higher much than higher, here. Yeah. Much higher than here. Yeah. But there are ways like there are there are communal ways to do kind of a, uh, you know, re retribution of this, like, you know, there, um, <laughs> there are mob gangs <laughs> that can, can find you and yeah. beat you until you kind of uh, yeah, uh, yeah, repay yeah. the loan. Yeah. Right? So that's sort of like a, you know, a communal kind of a, um, uh, 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 retribution mechanism definitely exists. But again, that sort of exists. ties back to the credit system slash reputation system. Right, right, so right. if you had a reputation system mm -hmm. or if you're, or even an identity system, if right. your identity is known oh, yeah, and, yeah. and you fail to, to repay, then you're going to get, you're, you're going to receive some social punishment. Right? Oh yeah, like, sure. Like, but, but, but like, what is the, what is the, the identity system look like? Yeah. Right. So if it is a cross-border identity system, uh, you know, how, you know, we are in realistically uh, are, uh, you know, uh, uh, citizens of different nations uh, and, you know, we were tied to different nations and the different kind of identity system. Yeah. How to have a unified identity system that this can work. I think it is really a matter of finding the right niche that does not have this problem or this problem can be relatively easily solved for yeah. DeFi. Uh, but like to, for DeFi to be uh, immediately mass, massively adoptable, I think this uh, takes a couple of years at, at the very minimum. Yeah, yeah I agree. I, I, would, I would even say probably a decade. Yeah. Because the, the, uh, if you want a fully fledged uh, DeFi system, you need, definitely need this uh, credit system. And that will take several years to, to develop. Um, and in the meantime, frankly, like right now, DeFi is basically used for speculation, for trading. Like people borrow in DeFi in order to, to, to do margin trading. Yep. Like they, don't, they don't use, they don't borrow to do like, you know, actually product, quote unquote productive economic activities. So frankly, the, the, the whole space right now, uh, including DeFi, but also more importantly, the, the CeFi is to me, it's a, it's a giant casino. Like it, yeah. it's, it, the trading is by far the single most <laughs> important yeah. um, uh, use case of crypto Well, we're right trying now. to change that. We're, we're, yeah, yeah. You guys are trying to yeah, change that. Yeah, we're definitely trying to change that. And I think that'll change, uh, but it'll, it'll take a while. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Cool. cool. So uh, I guess uh, last question. Um, how do you feel about 2020? Uh, what's going to, I mean, it's 2020 is around the corner. Yeah. I mean, what's going to happen? 2020, uh, you know, for, for me and for, I guess, like the, the seller team, uh, the most important thing is uh, um, to reach mass adoption. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I really, really think that, uh, you know, uh, even though we're early, everyone says we're early, mm -hmm. but I think we're at a stage where uh, cryptocurrency or blockchain technology can shine really well in specific, well-defined, well-chosen niche. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we can cut deep there, and uh, you know, today we're like floating seeds in, in the wind, right? So we don't have a root, right? So if, if we can find a root, even in a like vast land, there's like no grass, there's a kind of a, you know entirely torched up. Um, but if if we can find a root and become that single grass coming out of that ash, um, you know. 
that will mean a lot for the community and mm -hmm. uh, that will mean a lot for us mm -hmm. so you know um so what uh, is that niche for you guys well so you know we, we do have a methodology to finding niche mm -hmm. uh, that is uh we need to have a, 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 a area where uh, cryptocurrency does offer significant advantage comparing the traditional financial means sure. um, and um, it does offer a significant advantage especially using sellers technology and also it's easily adoptable it does not have any regulatory compliance issues mm -hmm. so that's kind of like our methodology of choosing a niche and for us that is a skill-based real money esport right so esport regardless of blockchain or not is growing extremely fast it's, it's growing exponentially fast yeah right so it's it's a growing market uh, everyone everything and everyone's new in this market yeah and uh, blockchain offers the uh it's definitely a, like a i guess a, a young generation millennial thing like the i i saw stats where like the the, the audience for nba has gone down for the last decade or so oh and, yeah and everyone and e basically yeah. yeah exactly all the, the the user base basically switched from the physical sport <laughs> to e-sport over absolutely. the last decade absolutely and absolutely. the trend is is growing yeah absolutely so. and and you know um blockchain fundamentally can connect the world for this and you know it, it, it e-sport is really worldwide uh, you know activity right yeah. so like everyone is like love e-sport and uh, you know everyone can compete with each other if we can connect them in these matches and uh, you know uh, democratize the entire e-sport experience by letting people sitting in the home and uh, can participate in the esports tournaments and uh, you know getting paid back in uh, in cryptocurrency mm -hmm. and uh, that just fundamentally have a much lower um you know cost the overhead mm -hmm. comparing to traditional financial means mm -hmm. like traditional payment networks and merchant services it's just so much cheaper than that mm -hmm. and uh, of course that it, that has a huge audience and uh, there's no regulatory uh, compliance issues uh in most of the countries um because like skill-based uh, uh sport uh, is uh, is legal to have tournament mm -hmm. um, and to have entry fees as well. So uh, you know uh, that is uh, that is where we think uh, and we we have been focusing on and we we have been making some very very good progress there mm -hmm. uh, there and uh, you know uh, in a way paving the way to the, for the community. Uh, we are literally the only and first. Uh, uh, Esports blockchain gaming application listed on iOS. I just downloaded your app. And oh yeah, play, yeah. And play with it a little oh, bit. Oh yeah, yeah, man. You know, win some money, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean that that ties back to uh, one of the earlier points that that we mentioned, uh, which is about distribution. I mm -hmm. mean, esports e is uh, it feels like a very big and growing distribution channel absolutely. potentially for for crypto. Yeah. So uh, cool. Yeah, uh, super interesting. That was a super fun conversation. Yeah. Thanks. Um, download thanks for, the Center X. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, everybody, download. Go to uh, App Store if you're using an iPhone. Yeah, just um, search for C L E R, and you will find our app, and uh, you know, get on the app and uh, win some money. Awesome. Yeah. So thanks for joining us. Thank um, you so much for the invite, Chiao. Again, this is Chiao from uh, Masari. Uh, thanks for listening to our uh, latest episode of uh, um, Unqualified Opinions. Thank you. All right. Thank you. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening. New episodes of Unqualified Opinions go live weekdays at noon Eastern time. You can follow me in the meantime on Twitter at 2BitIdiot if you want to continue the conversation or troll me. Otherwise, I'll see you next week.